0: Hello everyone, and welcome to the News Around the NFL podcast, where we talk about what is happening in the NFL football world. I'm your host, Gage Burlingame, and I'm here to catch you all up on what is happening around the NFL. Thank you all so much for tuning in, and let's talk some football. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the News Around the NFL podcast. I'm Gage Burlingame, and I'll be your host for today's podcast. So we are now moving on to the final game of the 2023-24 NFL season, Super Bowl 58 between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. It is a rematch of Super Bowl 54, where the Chiefs won that game 31-20. to uh, I'm very excited for this game as we get to see Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs take on Brock Purdy and the Niners. Uh, I think this game is going to be a lot of fun to watch, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to be enjoying this game. Uh, So today we're going to be going over some news and notes that are going on around the league. We're going to go over the results of the NFL honors from last night, and we're going to do a preview of Super Bowl 58. So that being said, let's get into the news. So I'll be providing news from JPA Football on Instagram. If you guys want to go give them a follow, that is where I get most of my NFL news. So to start off, we have the Eagles are hiring Kellen Moore to be their new offensive coordinator, Uh, The Eagles decided to move on from both of their coordinators uh, in the offseason, moving on from Brian Johnson and Sean Desai. uh, They already hired Vic Vangio as their defensive coordinator, and now they went ahead and hired Kellen Moore to be their new offensive coordinator. He spent the last season as the Chargers offensive coordinator, where they didn't have a whole lot of success. But to be fair, the Chargers were dealing with a ton of injuries last year. Um, and Kellen Moore was also the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys where he had a lot of success there. So I think it's a decent hire for Philadelphia and it's, it means definitely better than Brian Johnson. The Seahawks are hiring Ravens defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald as their new head coach. So the Seahawks made the decision to move on from Pete Carroll this offseason, And now they're going to be hiring Mike McDonald as a new head coach, which I actually really like this hire. Uh, Mike McDonald, uh, did a really good job with the Ravens defense last year. The Ravens defense was probably top five in the entire league. Uh, I mean, their defense looked really good during the postseason. They only allowed 17 points to the Chiefs in the AFC Championship, which in a game where I thought the Ravens should have won that game, but the Ravens offense just couldn't get anything going, especially in the second half. Uh, I thought their defense was really good in that game, um, and hence why I met Mike McDonald is now the new head coach for the Seahawks. And now, I mean, if you're a Seahawks fan, I would be very excited as – I mean, you got some really good young defenders in uh, Tariq Woolen and uh, Devin Witherspoon, and getting a guy like Mike McDonald to coach those guys up, I think it's a really good hire for Seattle. The Commanders are hiring Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn as their new head coach. So with that hire, all head coaching vacancies have now been filled, as the Commanders were the last team to look for a head coach. So now each team has a head coach going into the upcoming season. Uh, And I think this is a, it's a decent hire for the commanders, but uh, I think there was a better candidate out there for them in Mike Vrabel. I'm not exactly sure if they interviewed him for the job. Um, but it's still very surprising to me that Mike Vrabel didn't get a head coaching job somewhere. Uh, I saw some reports saying that because of his, like, he's a big dude and he looked kind of intimidating. That's why he didn't get hired as a head coach. But I think that's dumb. I think that's a dumb reason to not hire someone who is definitely a capable head coach like Mike Rabel. I mean, he won coach of the year. So a little bit surprised that Mike Rabel not a head coach anywhere, but still a decent hire for Washington. Dan Quinn came in as the Cowboys defensive coordinator and completely uh, turned around that defense. I mean, that defense was bottom five in the league before Dan Quinn came there, and then he turned them into a top five defense. So Dan Quinn did a very good job at Dallas, and we'll see what he does in Washington. Lions quarterback Teddy Bridgewater has accepted a job as the head coach of Miami Northwestern High School, which is his alma mater, and this further cements that he is going to be retiring. So, Teddy Bridgewater, he was a pretty decent quarterback throughout his entire career, started off as the uh, starter for the Minnesota Vikings for a while until he had to deal with some injuries, which pretty much hurt his uh, NFL career. He then spent the rest of his career as pretty much a backup, uh, he did have some uh seasons where he started for the Broncos and the Panthers Um, but Teddy Bridgewater he is now going to be retiring and he's going to be the head coach for his alma mater in Miami Northwestern High School so happy retirement to Teddy Bridgewater and hopefully he has the best of luck as a head coach at his uh, old high school the Dolphins are hiring Ravens associate head coach and D-line coach Anthony Weaver as their new defensive coordinator Uh, So the Dolphins decided to move on from Vic Fangio and uh, moved on from him to hire Anthony Weaver as their new defensive coordinator. And I think this is a good hire as, I mean, I think the Ravens had one of the better coaching staffs in the league. And Anthony Weaver now gets a promotion, going to be the defensive coordinator for the Dolphins. And the Dolphins, they have a lot of great players on defense, um, but last season they couldn't really get it together, uh, probably most likely because they were dealing with a lot of injuries to the defense. I mean, we saw Bradley Chubb get hurt and Jalen Phillips. Um, Andrew Van Ginkle, there was just a ton of injuries, Xavier Howard as well. Um, but if that defense is healthy, I think it could be one of the better defenses in the league. I mean, you got guys like Jalen Ramsey, Xavier Howard, Bradley Chubb, uh, Jalen Phillips, uh, Javon Hollins, Andrew Van Ginkle. Uh, I mean, they, they got a lot of great players on that defense. And with Anthony Weaver coming in as a defensive coordinator, I think the Dolphins defense could improve next season. The Raiders are hiring former Bears offensive coordinator Luke Getzey as their new offensive coordinator. Um, So Luke Getzey, he had some flashes last season for the Bears offense, but as a whole didn't have a great season. Uh, So it's a bit of a questionable move for the Raiders. I mean, initially the Raiders wanted to hire Cliff Kingsbury, but Cliff Kingsbury then withdrew himself uh, from the consideration for that position. So the Raiders had to kind of pivot and hire Luke Getzey. Uh, which maybe it could work out, but he didn't have great success last year as the Bears offensive coordinator. Uh, So we'll see how he works out for the Raiders. But uh, like I said earlier, Cliff Kingsbury was initially going to be the Raiders offensive coordinator, but that deal fell through. But Cliff Kingsbury is now going to be the offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders. So he's going to join Dan Quinn's coaching staff. Um, I think the reason why Cliff wanted to go to Washington rather than Vegas is because the Washington Commanders have a I believe the number two pick in the draft. So they're definitely going to draft a quarterback. I would say, uh, I think, I think the commanders have seen enough out of Sam Howell. Uh, he, he showed some flashes as the starting quarterback, um, but towards the end of the season, he did struggle a bit and he ended up getting benched for Jacoby Brissett. So I think the Sam Howell experiment in Washington is over And with them having the number two pick in the draft, I think they're definitely going to take a quarterback, whether it's Caleb Williams or Drake May or even Jaden Daniels. Um, I think they're definitely going to take a quarterback. And I think that's why Cliff Kingsbury wanted to go to Washington so that he could work with a quarterback that's fresh out of college. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury is kind of seen as like a a college style offense. He tried to do that with Kyler at Arizona. Uh, So I think that's why he wanted to go to Washington rather than Vegas. The commanders are expected to hire former Eagles offensive coordinator, Brian Johnson to a prominent role on their staff. So Brian Johnson is going to be staying in the NFC East. He spent last season as the offensive coordinator for the Eagles where he was kind of inconsistent. The Eagles offense uh, has some times where they didn't look like the Eagles offense. We saw the year prior. Um, So Now the Eagles will be moving on from Brian Johnson. They already hired Kellen Moore and Brian Johnson is now going to be joining the Washington Commanders where he won't be the offensive coordinator as that role uh, was given to Cliff Kingsbury, Um, but I imagine they'll probably give him like maybe the QB coach or maybe an assistant to the uh, OC, but his role hasn't been announced yet, but we'll probably figure that out soon. Ravens wide receiver Zay Flowers is under investigation for an alleged domestic assault incident. Flowers hasn't been arrested or charged with anything as of right now, but he is under investigation. Uh, this is the last thing that the Ravens wanted. I mean, Zay Flowers had a, a great rookie season, and he showed a lot of promise to be the number one wide receiver for Lamar Jackson. Uh, now he is under investigation for a domestic assault charge. Um, hopefully it's nothing in that he won't be charged with anything, but um, I Tried to look up more about the incident and see exactly what happened, but I couldn't really find anything. All they were saying is that he is under investigation. So I'm not exactly sure what happened and why he's under investigation. Um, But hopefully as time goes along, we'll find out more information. But hopefully Zay Flowers doesn't get in any sort of trouble. But we'll, we'll see as more information comes out. Chargers legendary tight end Antonio Gates will not make the Hall of Fame this year. Uh, Antonio Gates could have been a first ballot hall of famer if he was inducted to the hall of fame class of 2024, but he did not make the class this season, which is a little bit surprising as I mean, Antonio Gates has the most career touchdowns, uh, for a tight end in NFL history. So it's a little bit shocking to me that he wasn't a first ballot hall of famer. Um, but I'm sure as time goes along, he'll definitely be in the hall of fame. I mean, if Antonio Gates doesn't make the hall of fame, then that's just rigged. I mean, he has 116 total touchdowns as a tight end, which is the most in NFL history, so he, he's got to be a Hall of Famer. The Cowboys are hiring former Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer to be their new defensive coordinator. So this is a big move uh, for Dallas as Dan Quinn is leaving to be the new head coach for the Washington Commanders, and Mike Zimmer... I think this is a really good hire for Dallas as uh, Mike Zimmer does have some familiarity with the Cowboys coaching staff as he was a um, defensive assistant coach um, back in 1994. He then went to be the defensive backs coach for Dallas from 1995 to 1999. And then he was promoted to the defensive coordinator uh, from 2000 to 2006. Uh, so he's he's been on the Cowboys coaching staff in the past, Um, And he's had a lot of success as a defensive coordinator in his coaching career, where he was a defensive coordinator for the Falcons in 2007 and a defensive coordinator for the Bengals from 2008 to 2013. So I think this is a really good hire for Dallas, and I think the defense will still be just as good as they were with Dan Quinn. So that is it for the news, and now let's move on to the recap of the NFL honors from last night. So this is going to be kind of a quick segment as we're just going to go over the winners of the awards from the NFL Honor Ceremony that was held in Vegas last night. Uh, So we're going to start off with the NFL Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. That award was given to Steelers defensive tackle Cameron Hayward. Uh, Cameron Hayward, I mean, he's been a longtime defensive tackle for the Steelers. And he's, he's been a very respected uh, player in the NFL. And you can see why, as he won the uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Um, his charitable endeavors include the Hayward House Foundation and Craig's Closet. And he has also been involved with Cafe Momentum Pittsburgh and the UPMC Children's Hospital. So Cameron Hayward, he is a very well-respected player in the NFL. And I think it's no surprise that he won the award this year. So, the next award we're going to talk about is the Assistant Coach of the Year. And that award went to Browns defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz. Um, The Browns defense last year, as we all know, was one of the best defenses in the league. Uh, The year prior, they had a decent defense, but it could have been a lot better. And with the hiring of Jim Schwartz, the Browns defense took a big step forward and they were one of the better defenses in the league. Where. They were the number one defense in total yards and third down efficiency and passing yards, and that was a significant improvement from last year. So I think Jim Schwartz definitely deserved the award for assistant coach of the year. The next award we're going to talk about is the NFL coach of the year, and that award went to Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski. So this award was a very tight race between... Browns coach Kevin Stefanski and Texans head coach D'Amico Ryans. But Stefanski edged out the first place votes 21 to 20. And, I mean, it could have gone either way. I think both of these coaches deserve the award. Uh, but Stefanski ended up winning it as, I mean, he definitely deserved it. I mean, if you looked at the Browns roster this season, I mean, they start they started off well. with I mean, you had Deshaun Watson as a starting quarterback and Nick Chubb at starting running back. And then those two guys went down didn't have them for the for the rest of the season. They had Jerome Ford starting at running back. And then it was kind of a carousel at quarterback for a while between like Dorian Thompson-Robinson, P.J. Walker, until they ultimately decided to, to sign Joe Flacco. And then that signing helped them make the playoffs. I mean, I don't, I don't think a lot of people were expecting the Browns to make the playoffs with the way Deshaun Watson was playing and with the Nick Chubb injury and all that sort of stuff. The only highlight that we saw was the Browns' defense. That was until they signed Joe Flacco, and then the offense took a step forward. Uh, So, I mean, the Browns making the playoffs this year with the amount of injuries they faced. I think it was a very impressive showing for Kevin Stefanski, so I think he definitely deserved the award. So the next award we're going to talk about is the Comeback Player of the Year Award, and that award went to Browns quarterback Joe Flacco. I mean, it goes without saying. I mean, this season, when the season started, Joe Flacco wasn't even on a team. Um, And then as the season went along, the Browns were having some trouble at quarterback with Deshaun Watson dealing with an injury. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson and PJ Walker weren't getting it done. So the Browns ultimately decided to sign Joe Flacco. And not only did he play well, but he led the Browns to the wildcard round of the playoffs. I mean, and this was without Nick Chubb. So Joe Flacco just came in and he was slinging it. I mean, he, he was absolutely a gunslinger out there for Cleveland. He didn't care whether he threw interceptions. He just went out there and just aired it out. And it ultimately worked out. The Browns offense looked a lot better. And usually when you think of the Browns offense, you think of them as a ground and pound offense, you know, hand it off to Nick Chubb uh, and then maybe do some short passes here and there. But with Chubb out, um, you ultimately had to rely on Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt in the run game. And, um, I mean, they weren't bad, but they, they weren't Nick Chubb. So they needed a little bit of a change. And then going out and signing Joe Flacco, and he changed this offense and made them look a whole lot better. And keep in mind, he was sitting on the couch for like pretty much the first half of the season. And then he came in midway through the season for the Browns and led them to the playoffs. So I think Joe Flacco definitely deserved to win this award. So the next award we're going to talk about is the Defensive Rookie of the Year Award. And that award went to... Texans defensive end, Will Anderson Jr. Uh, the Texans, during the 2023 NFL draft, they were pretty aggressive. Uh, they took C.J. Stroud at number two, and then they traded out to the number three pick to draft Will Anderson Jr., and it definitely paid off. I mean, Will Anderson this year, uh, he had 29 solo tackles, 45 total tackles, seven sacks, and one pass deflection. Uh, he also had a sack during the postseason um so i mean he had a a really good rookie season and i'm sure texans fans are very happy to have him on the team so the next award we're going to talk about is the offensive rookie of the year award which went to houston texans quarterback cj stroud i mean it was a very tight race between cj stroud and rams wide receiver puka nakua uh, but what cj stroud did this year was absolutely spectacular um i mean the texans last season I mean, they were they were the second worst team in the league. They had the number two overall pick, which they used on C.J. Stroud. And not only did he turn this franchise around, he led them to the divisional round of the playoffs. I mean, C.J. Stroud was absolutely amazing this year. He had 4,108 passing yards, 23 touchdowns, and only five interceptions. So he was very, very careful with the football. Pretty much almost had a 5-to-1 touchdown-to-interception ratio, which is very impressive. So... I know Texans fans are very happy to have C.J. Stroud as their franchise quarterback. And they swept the uh, Rookie of the Year awards, uh, which the Jets did that last season with uh, Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner. And the Texans do it this year with C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson. So the Texans' future is looking very bright. The next award we're going to talk about is the Defensive Player of the Year award. And that award went to Brown's defensive end, Miles Garrett. And, I mean, he definitely deserved this award. Uh, Miles Garrett was probably the most dominant defensive player this season. He had 42 total tackles, 14 sacks, four forced fumbles, one fumble recovery, and three pass deflections. Uh, I mean, I get that TJ Watt and Micah Parsons probably had better stats than Miles Garrett, but Miles Garrett was double teamed a lot this season. And even Micah Parsons said it himself. He was the most dominant defensive player this season. He drew a lot of double teams, and even then, he was still getting sacks. And, I mean, the Browns defense as a whole was probably arguably the best defense in the league, and Miles Garrett was the cornerstone of that defense, so I think that's why he won the award, and I think he definitely deserved it. The next award we're going to talk about is the Offensive Player of the Year Award, and that award went to 49ers running back Christian McCaffrey, and, I mean, he definitely deserved this award. He had 272 total carries for 1,459 yards and 14 rushing touchdowns. He had 5.4 yards per carry, which was the highest in his career. And then in the receiving game, he was just as effective, where he had 67 catches on 83 targets for 564 yards and 7 touchdowns through the air. So he had over 2,000 yards total scrimmage yards um, and 21 total touchdowns. So. It definitely had to be McCaffrey for Offensive Player of the Year. I mean, he was just dominant. If you had him in fantasy, you would know that he was a dominant force um, on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, So Christian McCaffrey definitely deserved to win the Offensive Player of the Year award. I don't really think anyone else deserved it more than him. So the final award that we're going to talk about is the MVP award. And that award went to Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson. Um, while I do believe that there wasn't really a quarterback this year who deserved MVP, I think if there was one quarterback who deserved the MVP award, it was Lamar Jackson. I thought maybe McCaffrey could have won MVP because he was just so dominant on offense. Um, but they ultimately decided to give it to Lamar Jackson. Um, and Lamar, I mean, he had a great season. He had 3,678 passing yards, which was the most in his career. He had 24 passing touchdowns, uh, seven interceptions, And then rushing-wise, he had 821 rushing yards and five rushing touchdowns. Um, His stats weren't as good as uh, some other quarterbacks like Josh Allen or uh, Dak Prescott. But the fact of the matter is that Lamar Jackson led the Ravens to the number one seed in the AFC, and he led them to the AFC Championship. So I think that reason alone is why he won the MVP award over Josh Allen and Dak Prescott, because Josh Allen lost in the divisional round, and Dak Prescott lost in the wildcard round. So, Lamar Jackson, I think he was a much better leader. He, uh, I mean, in, in the games that mattered, I think he performed better than Dak and Josh Allen did. Uh, so, I think ultimately that's why Lamar Jackson got the award. So, those were the award winners for the NFL Honor Ceremony. Now, let's move on to the Super Bowl 58 preview. So Super Bowl 58 will be this Sunday, and it's going to be a good game. As we have the San Francisco 49ers, who were the number one seed in the NFC, taking on the Kansas City Chiefs, who were the number three seed in the AFC. The 49ers are one-and-a-half point favorites, and the over-under is 47 and a half. Uh, This game will be at Las Vegas. It'll be at Allegiant Stadium. Um, this game is going to be a lot of fun to watch. It is a rematch of Super Bowl 54, where the Chiefs won that game. Uh, but now this time San Francisco will be led by Brock Purdy. Um, this game is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, just to, some quick injury notes to mention. Uh, the Niners' injury report consists of George Kittle, who is questionable, Ambry Thomas, who is questionable, Orin Burks, who is questionable, and Eric Armstead, who is questionable. I imagine uh, all those guys will be all right. I, I definitely think that George Kittle is going to play. Um, I mean... He's not going to let a small injury uh, keep him out of this game. So I think Kittle is going to play. And then for the Chiefs, uh, Clyde edwards Hilaire is questionable. Rasheed Rice is questionable. And Joe Tooney is questionable. And meanwhile, Jarrett McKinnon and Charles Amenhu is on IR. So we won't be seeing those guys in the game. Uh, But Rasheed Rice, I think he'll play. Uh, Joe Tooney didn't play last week. uh, So that's something to keep an eye on for Kansas City as he is their best offensive lineman. Uh, he is questionable for this game, which is a good sign. Last week he was doubtful, so it was like he he definitely wasn't going to play. But now he has a chance uh, th- for the Super Bowl, and I think he will play in that game. And I think that's going to be big for Kansas City. Um, so as far as who I think will win, uh, it's going to be a close one. As San Francisco last week uh, made a crazy comeback, beating the Lions after they were trailing by I believe it was what seventeen something like that. I mean, Lions were all over them, and then Brock Purdy led the comeback, and Brock Purdy looked really good in that game. I mean, leading them to the comeback, he had some big-time scrambles, made some big-time throws. He's honestly a lot faster than I thought he was. I mean, seeing him scramble against the Lions defense, I was like, wow, he's way faster than I thought he was. So, I mean, Brock Purdy, I think he... Proved a lot of doubters wrong. Um, I mean, we're, we're still seeing some people doubt Brock Purdy's abilities. I mean, Cam Newton is probably the biggest Brock Purdy hater I've ever seen, um, saying that he's just a game manager and that he um, he believes in his supporting cast, but he doesn't believe in Brock Purdy. And in, in a sense, that's kind of true. But at the same time, we've seen uh, some other quarterbacks in that offense, like Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo and – I feel like Brock Purdy has just elevated that offense to a whole another level. So I think Brock Purdy is a fine quarterback, but this is going to be a big test for him as this is going to be the best defense he's faced in the entire playoffs. The Kansas City Chiefs defense has been underrated, I would say. I mean, I know a lot of people think that the Chiefs defense is, I mean, they're, they're very good. I mean, led by Chris Jones, but they have a lot of other underrated defenders such as Nick Bolton, Trent McDuffie, Justin Reed, Uh, George Karloftis, Legereus Sneed. I mean, they have a lot of great defenders, so it's going to be a tough battle for, um, for Brock Purdy, but it's also going to be tough for Mahomes as he's going against that Niners defense led by Nick Bosa and Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw and Chase Young. I am very excited for this matchup as there is a ton of star power in this game. Um, I mean, both defenses are very good, but I still think this could be a high scoring game. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Rasheed Rice, Isaiah Pacheco, those guys, they usually put up some pretty big points, especially in the playoffs. They've looked very good, uh, but now they get a pretty tough test. I mean, they already faced a pretty good defense in Baltimore, and San Francisco is not too far off of their defense, probably maybe even better. Um, so it's going to be a, a tough battle for Mahomes as well. Um, I think it's going to be a very close game. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um it's really hard for me to decide on who I want to win. I mean, ultimately, I do think the Chiefs are going to win this game. Uh, I mean, they've looked like a very different a very different team during the playoffs. Uh, Travis Kelsey has been playing a lot better. Rasheed Rice has turned into the number one receiver. Uh, Pacheco's had some nice games. Um, and Mahomes, he's just the same old Mahomes. Uh, while I do like what I've seen from Brock Purdy in the playoffs, this is going to be a, a very big test going against this Chiefs defense. Uh, I think ultimately he'll be fine, but um, he could make a, a big mistake against this Chiefs defense as Steve Spagnuolo he usually draws up some, some good blitz packages, and he, can, he could force Brock Purdy to make a mistake in this game. So ultimately, I think the Chiefs are going to win this game, but I think it's going to be a very close game, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. So that was my Super Bowl 58 preview and who I think will win the big game, and with that being said, that will do it for this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you all so much for listening, and enjoy the game on Sunday between the Chiefs and the Niners. Uh, if you're a Chiefs or a Niners fan, good luck, and may the best team win. Uh, so thank you all so much for listening and tuning into today's podcast. I'm Gage Game, and I will see you all next time. Goodbye.